to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. I'm Carl. And uh, it's weird doing that intro for me because I've literally only ever done it in one place and now I'm doing it in a different place. Because yeah, I moved. You, you moved to a whole nother state. <laughs> to a whole nother time zone. Yep, I'm in Colorado now. Way of saying you moved. That's a what? <laughs> Oh, That's yeah. a weird way of saying you moved. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's, it's the technically truth. true though. It is. It is it technically is. true. I was thinking As, about that uh, this morning though. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if I screw up the intro because I'm not used to doing it here? Like, like that's actually a concern. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're just very environmentally sensitive. Maybe. Speaking of which, uh, how's Fliffo adjusting? He's. He's asleep, so he's he's adjusting pretty well. It's like, <laughs> like, so I, I basically I have moved in with my parents for a while, uh, because like, my boyfriend graduates in less than a year, and he's moving out here after that. Um, so instead of like me finding a place and then moving again, in like a mm-hmm. year, I'm just I'm just not like dealing with that. I was I was offered a place here, so I'm, I took it. Because I hate, I hate moving, and I want to move as few times as possible. Um, that seems fair. So yeah, I mean, the the cat is like confined to my room here, uh, which is not much bigger than my apartment in Seattle. So that's fine, um, and because there are like dogs roaming the house Ooh, most, most yeah. of the time, there's dogs and another cat. Um, so Flippo would be outnumbered. Flippo would be very outnumbered. <laughs> I tried I, not Flippo. <laughs> he's he's a lover, not a fighter. Um, I tried to introduce him to one of the dogs because one of the dogs like doesn't. She's she's a she's a gentle lady, and she wouldn't do like she doesn't care about about the other cat at all. Um, one of the dogs like tries to fuck with the other cat. Piper doesn't. So I tried to introduce Flippo and Piper. And Fliffo just hissed, and Piper just kind of looked concerned. So then I shut the door. <laughs> I shut the door, and it was fine. Aww. Like, eh, maybe maybe one of these days. It's mostly just because I want to hang out with Piper more, because I feel like she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't get enough attention because she's not as enthusiastic. Because she's laid back. She's very laid back. So, but I yeah. like laid back pets. Me too. Is she small enough to pick up though? No, she's a large dog. Okay. She's very large. They're both pretty. She's large dogs. enough to pick up. <laughs> I might be able. To, I could. I mean, I could probably pick her up. I feel like she wouldn't be too into that. She'd be like, "What's going on?" I I like uh, pets that are small enough that you can scoop them up, um, and just like carry them around and cuddle them. That's yeah. my preferred pet size. Yeah, I don't know. I never like... had a pet that liked being held. Yeah. I, I had a cat that liked that, or at least was pretty nonchalant about it. You could just, like, lift her, you would just, like, lift her up and then, like, lay her on her back in your arms, like, in a little baby pose. And she would let you, like, rub her tummy or, like, scratch her cheeks, and she would just, like, lie there on her back and purr and purr. It was great. See, the other the other cat is, um, the other cat was my sister's cat, like, when we were growing up. Um, but my sister doesn't have the cat now because her husband is allergic. Uh, so the cat lives with my mom, which is fine because my mom likes the cat. But uh, the other cat, like, 
is willing to be picked up and and baby baby held, but you can tell he does he's not really into it. And Flippo <laughs> Flippo does not tolerate uh, baby time. I use baby time as like a punishment for Flippo when he's <laughs> when he's being a little shit. Um, it, yeah, he he doesn't like he will he will climb into my lap when I'm sitting here or like if I'm doing if I'm sitting somewhere, uh, and he will cuddle with me if I'm like laying down. And he will. His new favorite thing actually is like laying on my hand that is holding my mouse mm-hmm. while I'm at my desk. Just like <laughs> he'll just like come over and just like flop over on it. I'm like, that's I'm like, no, not, mommy, no using the computer. I am here now. That's not convenient, but I'll accept it. Um, <laughs> so he likes attention, but he hates being picked up. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Well, you know, to each their own. It's true. Welcome to the pet podcast, <laughs> where we talk about mostly pets. my pets, yeah. but pets in general. I I have made the mistake of getting uh, involved in an argument on Twitter with someone I don't know. Oh, that's always um, fun. Yeah, <clears throat> we are debating the uh, the relative merits of like. Um, you know, encouraging people to be kind uh, through, you know, internet tools, like, uh, you know, allowing people to be muted and blocked and, and things like that, um, versus, uh, like, just letting people say whatever they want. Because I guess not everyone agrees on what's offensive, apparently. Interesting. Uh, I'm not gonna try and discover what you think. <laughs> so I don't want to get into a conversation about that. Yeah, I know it's. I don't want this Twitter argument to spread to podcast arguments. Podcast. No, that's that's <laughs> totally reasonable, and uh, and I will I will endeavor to keep it separate. But if I if I seem this a little a better if, medium than Twitter, that's true that's because true. you can say things that are more than 140 characters. Um, oh, but does, at do, the same do time, do any like, of us have 280 yet? No, no. I thought about I thought about doing a workaround, but I don't uh, I don't want to like install a Chrome extension that I don't know much about just for the sake of getting extra extra like, Twitter characters. Yeah, like what's even the point of that? Like Twitter is fine. Like yeah, it's it's. I don't think it makes much of a difference one way or the other um, because it's still gonna be like not long enough to say some things and long enough to say other things. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I very well, rarely find myself going over 140. And if I do, it's usually because I've included a link. Like, <laughs> and and I just have to, like, shuffle around my previous words. And that's it. It's fine. I mean, it's a rare, but sometimes you go to, like, 150. And you're yeah. screwed. Because you can't, like... Yeah. Divide them into two different because that's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then it becomes an exercise in like creative phrasing, yeah. where it's like I have to think my way around this problem, and how could I say this more concisely? And and that's actually probably a good mental exercise that more of us could uh, could benefit from. Man, it's like it's like shares tweets. Have you read Cher's tweets? She uses. I've seen people retweet them sometimes. She she very she very she very frequently uses emoji in uh, like as a substitute for words, which is interesting to see 
like I saw a tweet recently where she used like an emoji of like a bee instead of the word B or instead of the letter B, which is just a single, like it's all just a single character that you can abbreviate <laughs> it to. Um, Wait, it's an emoji, a single character? I think so. It's it's like one Unicode character, right? I think so. I, I mean, it it may be, I think it's interpreted by Twitter at least as a single character. Yeah. Future is now. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see like the evolution of human communication. Uh, we're we're circling form. back around to hieroglyphics. Yeah. As basically. as as many people have noted before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought the emojis were dead like three years ago. No, they they, they do back. they do serve a vital function in certain ways of communication if not not necessarily emojis themselves but some way of connoting tone which pictures do much better than words mm-hmm. yeah like a little smiley face is a lot like is very uh you know meaningful i guess like it, it says a lot um, like you could say the exact same thing and attach a smiley face or like an eye rolling face, and it's either boom, it's either sincere or sarcastic immediately. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I we're mean, trying... they serve a purpose, I guess. Yeah, I think we're trying. We're really just trying to um, find substitutes for uh, the the parts of like in person communication that are missing. That we like because our our text does not um, does not give emotional like tone of voice and body language cues, and so we're like desperately seeking um, you know some kind of substitute to make up for that. Yeah, that's a good point that I that I actually like never really considered as as what emoji are for. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sure some I'm sure there are people doing all kinds of papers on this subject. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes me so happy. Yeah, me too. God, the future is great. Even when it's not. Even when it's not. It's, you know, that's technology for you. It's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. You get really cool new forms of communication, and then you also have to deal with just people being obstinate dickheads. Yep. Um, but, you know, so be it. Yeah. It's That's kind of, I don't know. It, I think it's easy to to look at pastimes with rose tinted glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean there was there was lots of there were lots of uh, bad things about not having the internet that are much better now. It's not like no piece of technology is inherently good or evil. It just all comes with a bunch of trade offs and solutions and problems. Yep. And and with every technology, someone will find a really good, helpful way to use it, and someone will find ways to make make themselves more terrible than they are. Yep. And people, some and someone somewhere will find a way uh, to use it to have sex with people. Yep. And that's okay too. Absolutely. Emojis. <laughs> hey man, what what do you think? What do you think that eggplant emoji is for? That's true. I was gonna say like not emoji specifically, but it's true. Like the eggplant emoji is a thing. It's like the eggplant finger finger circle uh, water drops. <laughs> there you go. Literally sex. <laughs> the apparently there was a uh, they they mentioned on XKCD that in the emoji movie 
Um, the eggplant was included in a scene about like the emojis that are sad and forgotten because no one ever uses them. Really? And uh, and uh, the, the, on XKCD, they were like, "Does do they? Was that on purpose, or do they really not know? <laughs> Did they not do any user research?" Man, that's a that's a good question. Do I feel like any... the Emoji Movie. Do you... Oh, are you not aware of the Emoji Movie? I'm not aware aware of anything. Okay, yeah. So this is a movie that came out recently that was it was like the most like transparently corporate cash grab like terrible cash in thing. Like it was clearly designed in a boardroom full of like, you know, fifty and sixty something white men going. I mean... What are kids into these days? It, it's a it's a Sony Pictures movie, so you know there you go. Um. And it's like it it looks like pretty much exactly like the worst case scenario of what you would expect that to be when you hear the title of the Emoji Movie. Um, and I'm wondering, like, did anyone in charge of making the Emoji Movie, especially like on the corporate level? What percentage of those people do you think actually use emojis ever in their daily life? Yeah. And then, and then there's the issue of how it just takes so much time to make a movie that it's 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 utterly stupid to try to put memes in your movie because by the time your movie comes out, the memes are long dead and yeah. and committed to like the furthest reaches of history. Um, yeah. I, I the whole need... life cycle of a meme is so short. Oh yeah, yeah. I need to actually watch the Emoji Movie because I put myself through Sausage Party as a oh, purely God, as a purely masochistic exercise, um, and I feel like I also I also need <laughs> and to because watch... of that you also need to do it with other movies. I I guess yeah. I just I guess I just need to establish for myself sort of um, a a relativity between these awful movies is like, is it as bad as Sausage Party? <laughs> Sausage Party was pretty bad. Um, mostly it was just, like, dumb. I mean... This one, this one sounds like it's mostly an ad for a bunch good of movie. Sorry? It could be a good movie. Uh, it, it sounds like it's mostly an ad for a bunch of different apps, is my understanding. Yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas Sausage Party was, like, trying its hardest to be offensive in the most boring ways possible. <laughs> like, this is the most boring, predictable things that they could think of that, like, oh, people are going to be mad about this. Uh, <laughs> which which ends up really not uh, netting the effect I think that they wanted, but... Yeah, you know. yeah that's fair. You know. Um, my, my solution for, like... So I, I don't subject myself to movies that are that bad. <laughs> But there are a lot of animated movies where I see it and I think, eh, that looks, like, super mediocre. Um, and my solution for those is I watch those movies on planes, like, when I'm flying somewhere. Because, like, that's that's not the time you want to watch a movie that you really care about or want to focus on. Because it's, like, really hard to pay maximum attention when you've got, like, this tiny screen and your little headphones and, like, there's a baby crying behind you or whatever. <laughs> That's right. That's, so that's that's, not a that's bad when I compromise. watched. Yeah. That's that's where I watched um, the Trolls movie. Oh. Um, and that's where I watched Sing, which is like that sort of 
like music competition singing animals movie. Yeah. I, I remember seeing advertisements for that one and thinking, wow. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yep. That's that's pretty much the sort of movie that I watch on planes. That like, well, okay, I guess. I try to not watch, watch like any Hollywood movies because I never seem to like them. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Like to be fair, I don't watch any movies anymore. Well, see, I watch I watch a lot of movies, but I watch a lot of like weird movies, um, and older older movies. Um, the only like the only things I'm really interested in seeing that have been current was I saw Baby Driver when it was in theaters because it looked interesting. And it was it was actually quite good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm thinking about going to see the new Blade Runner. Nah. I'm not sure if um, I actually will or not, though. I don't know. I mean, the old one is fine. I don't know if it's like the you know second coming of Christ that some people seem to think it is, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's a good movie. I'm I'm mostly in it for the aesthetic, to be honest. I was gonna say it's got it's got noir. Like Harrison Ford being, you know, a noir detective dude. Yeah. I, I like I like those sort of, like, cyberpunk visions of the future. Have you seen Dark City? I haven't. I need... I know I need to. I just haven't yet. That, seem, that seems... If you like Blade Runner and knowing your, your style of, like, sort of kitschy horror uh, appeal as well, I think you would like Dark City. Yeah, that's one that's... Uh, director's Huck, cut. Huck just, yeah, Huck just called from the other room that you need to watch the director's <laughs> cut. fucking ruined it for theatrical. Duly noted. Oh, I think I think I just realized I'm on my uh, overhead mic instead of my boom mic. Is my sound weird? I don't know. It's it's uh-huh. it's fine. I I feel like I feel like it's fine. Okay. Yeah. If you could hear Huck there, then I'm definitely on my overhead mic. Yeah. Oh well. Which means I should probably sit up if I'm going to be louder. I tend to slump when recording for the podcast. Oh. Uh, but so if you if you like like really terrible movies, um, I can recommend there's a there's a guy on YouTube who's a movie critic that I watch a lot who's like really sort of thoughtful and has like in general very interesting things to say. Uh, and in October he does a series called Schlocktober, where he just reviews like shitty old horror movies. Yes. And some of them, and like they're they're never anything I've ever heard of, um, but some of them seem like really weird and interesting and exactly the sort of thing you'd like, Kelso. I'm into that. Actually, for for a few years, uh, my boyfriend and I did a thing where we picked a different horror movie every day, and we would try to like we never got through the entire month of October. We'd always <laughs> we'd always, but we always got pretty far. Like we'd get to like maybe the twentieth or, like, the 21st before we sort of started, like, petering out, and then we'd pick, like, the one that we didn't get to that we really wanted to watch on Halloween, and we'd watch it. But uh, we did that for a good three years, which you gotta dig pretty deep uh, after, after you know, nearly 90 movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, so I, yeah. I, I appreciate that, that kind of deep digging well, I think the ones the ones I can recall that he's talked about so far were um, Monkey Business, uh, The Seventh Curse, and Giver. I've heard of Giver. I'm trying to... Monkey Business sounds familiar, but I don't... 
It's it's a I guess it's a horror movie about a guy who like is in an accident and becomes quadriplegic and gets a helper monkey, but then like the helper monkey like acts out his darkest desires or something like that, because it's like an experimental, uh, like mad science helper monkey. I don't know something I, like that. I I found it is. I found an IMDb hit for a mo- for a movie called Monkey Business from 1952 that doesn't. Oh, maybe it's not monkey business. Doesn't it's, sound like that. Uh, Was it no, monkey it's, it's shines? Monkey shines. Monkey shines. Oh, monkey shines. That's the yeah. only thing I could think of besides like monkey yeah. bone, which is completely different. Yeah. Monkey shines. Oh, nineteen eighty-eight. That's probably okay. Yeah, I've I've seen, I've seen this like cover poster. I haven't watched <laughs> it though. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's a thing. Anyway. Yeah. We should probably make this a games podcast. We yeah, you know, we it's been a it's been like twenty five minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um So the game we played. The game we played. The game we played uh, for the past few weeks has been uh the Dream Machine. A pretty pretty classically mechanical um point and click adventure by developed by Cockroach Inc. Uh, the interesting twist on this game is that it's done entirely in stop motion, which is... Claymation, specifically. Yes, yes which is very cool. Um, and it is about a man named Victor who moves into a new apartment with his wife, girlfriend, wife, I wife. think. Wife. Wife, because they're they talking about having last kids. Name. So. Uh, eh. Yeah, that's true. They do have the same last name. Okay, so. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. I mean, they don't necessarily have to be married to be having kids, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, so he moves into a new apartment with his wife and they're expecting a baby um, and he finds out something interesting and that's that the uh, owner or caretaker of the building has installed a camera above his bed and apparently appeared in his wife's dream last night so he goes to investigate and finds a machine the dream machine imagine that Um, titular dream machine yes that allows the building caretaker and eventually himself to uh, traverse the dreams of the inhabitants of the building. Uh, And he sort of gets the quest to stop the machine because the machine has become sentient and has killed the caretaker of the building. Mm -hmm. And that's the first two chapters, which is, which is all that we necessarily had to play. I didn't play any further than that. Neither did I. Okay. I'm in chapter three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they 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 give you like the first two packs as a bundle if you buy like the opening, um, and it's very clear why because the premise of the game is not even really clearly established until basically the end of chapter two, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, now what you're gonna do is you know go all psychonauts on this. You're gonna go into different people's dreams and you're gonna solve problems and then you're going to like chop out the dream machine part that's that's in their their dream yeah oh yeah i didn't even think about psychonauts wow um also i think i guess i'm looking at it on steam right now and w- worth noting is that um chapters one and two are 75 percent off you can get them for 99 cents right now all of the other chapters are half off so you can get every other chapter for like 12 bucks so if interesting i should maybe do that i i might also as well maybe i don't know but yeah, I have such mixed feelings on, like, whether I should keep playing this or not. Because on the one hand, like, it's got some cool stuff tone-wise, but on the other hand, it's got every problem that adventure games have. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
to some degree <laughs> at least. Yeah. I think I, I mean think... it's not as bad as the old yeah like Sierra games. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not as egregious as as a lot of games, not a lot, but as as some adventure games that I've played. But mm-hmm. but the same things are still there because I think it's mostly impossible to uh, to escape them. <laughs> yeah, I mean they do they do mitigate them somewhat. They try and be pretty good about inventory management and not letting you have like too many items that you can't use or that you don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, like stuff breaks all the time for no reason. More than yeah. you're done with them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um. Like a crowbar breaks from pulling up a floorboard. <laughs> like, what? This crowbar wasn't even made of metal. I think is the <laughs> thing that Victor says when when it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and they isolate you in terms of space fairly well. Like there aren't too many places to go. I absolutely love the like the really called out convention for why you're not allowed to leave the apartment building. Yeah. Which is that the movers you hired got your sofa stuck in the building entrance and won't like won't move it. Yep, like well I delivered it. So there you go. Yep. I think even better is um later on if you go upstairs and call the customer support line, it's just the guy who delivered your couch. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Yeah. It's so you're good. just talking to him downstairs. Mm-hmm. He's like he answers the phone, and you start talking, and he says, "Oh, hello again, Mister Neff," and and you're like, "Wait, how did you know my name?" And he's like, "I just I just spoke with you in the lobby." <laughs> so it's like a one man delivery company, maybe. I guess. Yeah. Or at least not very big. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's. So it like there were definitely times when it like the solution was oh you have to examine this item in your inventory and then fiddle with it that took me like I spent like half an hour trying to figure out what to do and eventually had to quit and come back and then just sort of accidentally found it when I came back. Yeah. Yeah, I I always like always have issues with puzzles that involve combining items because Either it's, like, super logical and you just don't think to do it, or it makes no sense at all and you have to literally use X with Y on every every permutation of items in your in your inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, it was the former, which is at least better. Um, yeah. It's, it just... Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's sometimes not always, like, clear. Even if you've been tutorialized on it, it's not always clear, like, what all of your verbs are in terms of, like oh, if I inspect this item in my inventory, I'll actually go to a separate screen where I can in- interact with the inventory item. But not every inventory item, just, like, these few. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do we want to, like, do we want to do maybe a, a really, like, detailed point-by-point point sort of go through the plot and go through all the puzzles? Uh, I don't know if we want to go through all the puzzles necessarily. Um, okay. Maybe in broad strokes we can. Um but I, I don't know. I feel like if it's 99 cents, people might even want to actually play it. Yeah. Not that we're, you know, we always advertise this. We are not a spoiler-free podcast. So, like, if stop you really want to play it. Yeah, exactly. If you really want to play it, stop listening now and go play it and then come back. That's true. I mean, we've already spoiled the first two chapters, basically. 
Just just by just by just by telling you what the premise of the rest of the game is that none of us have played. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's still plenty to get out of it even from yeah. that just that, but yeah. That's true. Um <laughs> shall we start we could start with the less spoilery parts and just like nah fuck it. Just go through the, <laughs> the story. Okay. Uh so the game opens and you're on a a very stereotypical desert island. That's literally just a, a little shoal of sand with some trees. Uh, and the puzzle here involves... Gosh, it's been a while since I actually played the first chapter. Um, you have to... You have like, to get off to... the island, which involves basically digging up a treasure. Yeah, like you, you dig some stuff up, you, you catch a fish. Is the fish mm-hmm. catching mandatory? I think it is. Yeah, it is because there's a treasure map. The treasure map is inside right. the fish. Okay, so you yeah. have to like catch a fish... And then you cook the fish. You have to catch a fish and start a fire. And you cook the fish on the fire. And then inside of the fish is a treasure map. And you sort of, like, move some rocks around. And you and you open up. Open up. You dig up the treasure, which is an alarm clock. And the alarm clock rings and you wake up. And it was all a dream. Also, like, none of these actions you did on the island makes any sense. You're basically just clicking what you can. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. Because it sort of makes sense. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that sort of clicking around uh, as long as you're confined. And in this yeah, case, yeah, you are extremely confined. Right yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's basically a tutorial area that's so small that you kind of can't really hurt yourself in the, in a sense. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, here's how you learn that you can, like, click on things to pick them up. And, like, you have an inventory and you can like, combine things in your inventory. And actually, I don't know if you combine anything, but basically the gist of the controls i think you i think because i think you have to like combine uh i feel like you have to combine something something with fishing rod maybe you have to combine the bait with the fishing rod that's that you can do that when the fishing rod's already set up dang it (laughs) okay (laughs) well either way um yeah yeah um and and this this does go into the fact that throughout the game they do do a pretty good job of keeping you confined within an area, which is one of the things that I appreciate the most when an adventure game does it. Yeah. Because they either do it or they don't do it at all. Uh, and you're just in this colossal realm of possibilities without any idea where to start. Like, that's my biggest problem with Grim Fandango, I think, is that once you get out into the world, you just you just have these huge areas to explore. And it's like, well... I guess yeah. I'll do everything. Just click yep. on everything I can, and if I forget anything that I that I need to come back to later, I'm completely fucked. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, good luck putting that game down and picking it back up a week later. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so you wake up. But this is not that. Yeah, this is not that. This is this for is for the most part. This is significantly less frustrating than that. There are some parts where you can wander around the apartment building for a while, but mm-hmm. that's not too bad. Yeah, they... but there's always like the three to four screens you have to work with. Yeah. No yeah. matter where. You are. And even even when you have access to the rest of the building, there's there's only a couple places where you can really even do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you wake up and you're in your apartment, and it's very clear that you have just moved there because there's boxes everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And you can sort of rummage around in the boxes. And I think that does do something. Like, you find some important object in the boxes. 
Uh, but for the most part, it's just like, oh, my guitar is in... I don't know why you would have a guitar in a box. That doesn't make any sense. But it's like, <laughs> my books, yeah. that makes more sense. My books are in this box. Or this box yeah. is full of blanket, you know. Yeah. Um, you find and, a telephone. Oh, uh, you find <laughs> you the find phone. Telephone. That's true. Um, and your wife is out there, and she's making breakfast. So you have to set up a little makeshift breakfast table because your furniture hasn't arrived yet except for the bed I guess unless the mm-hmm. bed just came with the apartment that could be the case uh, you find a burned up note in an ashtray and you put it back together and it's ominous it's from the, <laughs> the previous tenant talking about how there's like weird shit going on and you should pry up the board uh, underneath the light switch in the bedroom which is something that you just have to remember for later because you have no means by which to uh, pry up the board. So uh, you talk to your wife. She had a weird dream about the building manager. Um, I'm floundering because it's been a while since I played yeah, the first. So so yeah. So then like you have you have breakfast. Uh, you talk to your wife. You decide to go downstairs and see... Um, oh, first you need the copy of your key. Um, because you're like, we don't have our apartment key yet. So you call the caretaker, and he comes upstairs, and he gives you the key. And your wife finds him really creepy. You're sort of indifferent. Um, and then you decide that you're going to go down and see if the furniture people have arrived yet with your furniture. Yes. And you find them, sort of. They, I mean, they have arrived... <laughs> They just yeah. have have lodged your couch sort of effectively permanently uh, within the building's rotating door. I don't know why you would even try to bring a couch through a rotating door. That's, <laughs> that's a stupid idea. That's that's just asinine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and you have an angry conversation with the guy, but he like is really unflappable. He's like, well, no, the contract just said to deliver it to the door, and it is in a door. So, and then you also, yeah, you get the crowbar. I think you have to sort of like finagle him into getting the crowbar a little bit. You you argue with him long enough that he's like, well, you can try and get it out yourself. I'll even give you this complimentary crowbar. Right. That's what it is. So, yeah. So then you take the crowbar upstairs and you can, you can chat with. I think, I think the only person you can chat with is your next door neighbor, who is like an old woman who, oh yeah, who doesn't think and to the manager and the manager, yeah, can... yeah. Um, and the old lady like sort of doesn't have a lot of good things to say about the building manager. Yep, and she's uh, playing bridge with some friends. Yes, I like I like her, and I I would play more of the game just to like get get play more of her, her, just to play bridge with this old lady. I don't even know how to play you know... bridge. I hope they tutorialize it. Well, I was going to say, if you want to know, like, a really, uh, I don't know if this was intentionally a joke, but there's kind of a silly bridge joke in there, um, where when she has to go, she says, uh, I have to go, uh, a game of bridge between three people is no game at all, um, and the- I didn't pick up on that. The funny part to me is that- yeah, bridge is is played in sets of three. Like it's a four person game, but it's always and and it's it's played with one pair of people against one other person, and then the fourth person just sits out for the round, and it just goes around who's the one sitting out. Oh. 
So See, I didn't I didn't know that. That's yeah. That's so funny. bridge is always played essentially between three people, even though it's a four player game. Hmm. I mean, I guess like betting and stuff like that is all four people. Yeah, I it's maybe the third. The, I mean, the you need four players something. in the game. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the person who's sitting out is not the same person for the whole game. Um, it's just it's like. It's there's like partners A and B and then partners like X and Y and it's like A B versus X and then it's X Y versus A and then it's A B versus Y and then it you know so it, it like rotates around. Hmm. I've learned about bridge today. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned bridge once. Someone taught me how to play bridge. But I, it was like kind of really complicated, and I didn't understand most of it. And that, but I, that thing stuck with me because that seemed like such a weird mechanic to have a four-player game where there's always one person who's essentially not playing. Yeah, that is. I love bridge. <laughs> do you? Do you? I don't play... have a partner though, so. Well, my sister, when we meet like, twice a year. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I, well, I, I meet some old ladies. You will be totally prepared. Yeah. Get, get yeah, I also have a teacher that keeps talking about bridge all the time. Yeah, you gotta gotta start frequenting your local retirement community if that's not a really creepy thing to do. <laughs> um, the I guess it makes sense that you could have like one person, whoever's like not uh, playing, has time to like go use the bathroom and like get drinks for everyone, and like I don't know, do stuff. Does bridge get that intense for you? Like you can't stop between rounds. You just you need that extra person on deck. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's a it's a super high stakes game. It's Ooh. it's always for your soul or nothing. That's why only old people play it. <laughs> ah, I'm learning. I'm learning so much today. I actually I feel like vaguely ashamed that I I know the rules to virtually no card games, but. I also I mean, don't care yeah, that much to, like, though. yeah, I don't know, I also don't really care that much to, like, rectify, rectify it. Yeah. have siblings? I have, I have one sibling. I mean, I have, like, one sibling and three step-siblings who, like, you know, don't really count as far as this conversation goes because I didn't grow up with them, but, yeah, I don't know. Because yeah, never... that was my main catalyst for learning card games, I feel like, was, like, playing them with my little sister. Uh, yeah, my sister and I didn't play card games. But, yeah. You had better stuff to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know whose fault that was. If that was my fault or her fault, I don't know. Probably neither. Um, okay, Dream Machine. Back to the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have a you have a neighbor who plays bridge. Yeah, it's super important for later. Don't forget it. Uh, you, so you go back into your apartment and you have a crowbar now, so you can examine the the spooky board. That was foretold to you by the burned up letter from the previous tenant. So you pry up the board and there's a strange little machine, which is sort of your, not really your first puzzle, but like, it, it feels like the first real puzzle in the game. Yeah, I guess it's a sort of non sequitur puzzle. It's a puzzle that doesn't involve like rubbing inventory items against other things. Yeah. It's more like a Nancy Drew kind of puzzle. Yeah. That involves electricity and... Yeah, like frying circuits. Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing you have to do is it, the circuit blows, so then you have to put the, a key in there. Yeah, it's the like fuse, you you remove yeah. this, you like break the safety mechanism, and then you replace the safety mechanism with something very unsafe 
and then do it again. Adventure game logic. Uh, Basically, it just involves sort of flipping the switches until you've got the machine up to full power. Um, And then that shorts out a thing in your wall, uh, which causes a panel to open up and reveal this hidden camera that is watching your bed, which is really creepy. Dun-dun-dun! Yeah, so you, you find out about it, and you, like, tell your wife, and you're all pissed off. Uh, so you decide to storm down and talk to the caretaker. What's his name? Morton? Morton. Morton. Felix, Felix Morton. Felix Morton. Uh, you, you decide to storm down and talk to the caretaker while your wife stays upstairs, calls the police. Uh, so you go back to the little door. There's like a door and there's sort of a like a reception window where the caretaker hangs out in case people need him during the day. And he's not there. He was there before, but he's not there now. So you have to like find a way into the building yeah, or into the room. You can hear you can hear him, but you can't see him. Mm-hmm. Which is the weird, weird part. Yeah. So you have to find a way into his locked door, which is there's a key on the other side of the glass, and you like you sort of jimmy a piece of paper under the key so that you can slide the key out. That puzzle took me a really long time. Yeah, um, yeah me too. I just, it was a pixel hunting problem, right? Which is another adventure game problem. I just didn't realize I could interact with certain parts of the screen. Because mm-hmm. um, I did like a general mouse over and I'm like, oh, it looks like I can't interact with anything that's behind the glass. Um, and then I didn't keep trying. But it turns out you can interact with some things behind the glass, sort of. Yeah. That wasn't my problem with the puzzle, but... No? I, I just didn't think of like using the paper yeah I, like i didn't even notice the key there for the most part i just like i'm like okay i clearly can't interact with the screen i can't interact with the door and then i just wandered around the apartment building back and forth for a long time yeah until i'm like okay this is like literally the only new thing it's gotta be somewhere here so i went back and i pixel hunted i'm like oh i can actually interact with that key then okay that's fine yeah I, I it was a little bit of both for me. I was like, okay, well, there's a key and I need it, but and it, it it was a case where it just didn't occur to me to use my inventory because I looked at my inventory and I was like, none of these things will help me. <laughs> so I didn't even try until I I wandered around a little bit, got desperate, came back and tried everything, and it turned out that the the paper was the paper was the guy, the one that you needed. So I mean, it's not a bad solution. No, it's. I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense in retrospect. Like, sort of. I'm not sure if that would work in physics, but uh, hang on, I have a piece of paper and I have sort of a key. Like it seems like if you could, if the, there was enough tension on the key, it would be hard to get the paper under the key in the first place. Whereas if there's not enough tension on the key, then how are you supposed to drag it back out? I mean, I. I have so I have a piece of paper and I have a key and I just did it. It's not okay. it's not like actually a key, like a single key. It's like the key fob to a, a car. But all right, maybe maybe that's a thing that would work. Then. But but I'm doing science, it. Science has proved me wrong through experimentation. <laughs> I mean, what else? What else do I? Have? I don't. I'm not gonna do it again. I have I'm like looking for things that are maybe slightly more similar to a single key, but. <laughs> eh. Um, I don't think it matters that much. Yeah, much. I don't think it matters that much either. Uh, I have a key here, but I don't have a proper paper. Well, dang. 
We're, Everybody we, listening at home, find it, go pause the podcast, go find a piece of paper and a key and test this for yourselves. It's it's the it's the experiment hour here in the podcast. <laughs> in the name of science. See see Carl, this is actually perfect, like that you would have a key and I would have a piece of paper. Now the real puzzle is how do we get your key and my piece of paper <laughs> into the same place? We gotta we need Airline tickets and uh, money to acquire airline tickets. Yep, and uh, you need a, a child's doll into which to like sew the key. Ooh, oh yeah, that's 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 something that I hadn't considered is posting the key. <laughs> hmm. You can't. Oh yeah, you can't just mail a key. That's against the law. <laughs> you gotta yeah. you gotta hide it. Yep. I mean, you wouldn't want TSA to find a key in your, in your, uh... You hide it in a bag of cocaine. Oh, yes, of course. The TSA will never find it then. It's the perfect disguise. In your, in your, uh, in your item that you're inexplicably buying plane tickets for just the item, not you. (laughs) This is a good adventure game. Let's make it. (laughs) Oh, we should submit it to, uh, to the mostly walking cruise like terrible adventure game that they're gonna make yeah i like that uh, anyway you open the door with the key and that's the end of the first chapter congratulations you did it yeah i'm i'm really surprised at how like literally uh, how slow burn the opening is is in terms of like getting to the sort of point of the game um, because you don't even see the dream machine in the first chapter. Yeah. Like, literally, it's there in the title, and it's it's not in the first chapter of the game. I guess, I guess it's sort of, like, alluded to the idea, they, they sort of allude to the idea that, that, uh, Morton is able to enter people's dreams. Yeah, but if you didn't... Yeah. If you didn't know that the game was called The Dream Machine, you might not get that from what they talk about in the... Like, she had a weird dream involving the caretaker, and that's about it. Do you need to get that? I don't know. I mean, it's it, like it's fine that it has a slow burn, but it's sort of... I don't know. It's just weird to me because the... I, like, I'm, I'm in... In the writing world, they say, like, you know, the main, the main focus of interest in your story should appear within, like, the first ten pages of your novel or something like that. Hmm. Um, or should, you know, yeah, should at least be, like, the main conflict should at least be referenced within the first ten pages or something. So I've been I've been sort of thinking in that mode. And so this seems like, wow, it's like the first chapter of the game is over and I don't even know really what the dream machine is. Well, you sort of introduced the fact that, like, Hector is a creepy... Not Hector, I keep calling him Hector. Felix? Of Grim Fandango. Oh. <laughs> no, the caretaker. Uh, yeah, Felix Morton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they introduced that he's like a creepy guy and something's going on with that person, which yeah. sort of leads on to the dream machine. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing, necessarily. It's just, uh, it was surprising to me. Yeah, I guess I, 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 I didn't think of it as surprising necessarily for that specific reason, but I did feel it like at the end of the first chapter, I was like, have I done anything? Really? 
Like, I haven't yeah. done a whole lot. I haven't... Yeah, it feels like if you didn't immediately have chapter two, it would be like, wow, I just, like, barely started this thing. I literally have just been, like, wandering around this apartment building that I just moved into. Yeah. And, and I mean, the first chapter is, is, for the most part, besides, like, besides the tutorial, besides like a couple of little things it's pretty it feels pretty light on adventure game mechanics um which the second chapter fixes air quotes by just immediately dropping you into a puzzle room uh and and a pretty obtuse puzzle at that where um let's see you so you you go into morton's apartment and you can hear him again but you can't see him so you have to, like, figure out where he is. And the way you do that is by... Uh, you pick up a an ink pad, a stamp, and a piece of paper, and you use the ink pad on... You use the stamp on the ink pad, and you use the inked stamp on the piece of paper, and it gives you a date. And then you find some books yeah. with dates written in them, and you go to the date that the stamp tells you... And it has, like, uh, it's a dream journal, basically. And in every entry, I think, there's some combination of, like, heart, sun, wave, moon, and... Star. Star, and star, yeah. So, based on... There's also wind, do you say that? Is it wind? Uh, or no, is it it's wave? wave. Oh, yeah. Eh, w yeah, words, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, also, by the way, that is you can't like look that up because it's random. I was yeah. gonna say it looks like it's uh, procedurally generated, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. Procedurally generated dream descriptions. I mean, I'm not sure it's like generated. More than there's several. I think, and one I think... of them is the correct answer. It looks procedurally generated to me just because there's, uh, like, repeated pieces of phrases in them. Um, and, like, the endings are the same in some of them. Oh. Um, so, it, it, like, it, it doesn't... I don't think they went and wrote, like, all of those. I think they just did a, some kind of generator that just recombined them in certain ways. And then I think... Um... D- it... Does it always give you the same date? I want to say it probably doesn't. Uh, mine was February 13th. Okay, no, mine was mine August was 17th. July 21. So, yeah. okay, so yeah, it doesn't give you the same date. So, that's cool, I guess. Uh, so, basically, you have to flip to the date uh, given given to you, specified by the stamp. Um, and the order of the... Like, there will be mention of a heart, there will be mention of a sun, a moon, a star, the stars, and, like, a wave. And the order that that is in corresponds with the order that you have to put four, five, five, uh, dream diaries on the shelf, and each of them has, like, one of the symbols on the spine. And if you get them in the correct order, then it opens up a secret room. It took me some time to find those books. Yeah. Those were... You couldn't, like, click on the bookshelf. You had to click on the book. The book, yeah. But, I mean, all the spines look fairly similar, at least. Um, so that can help. They're all like these big brown leather spines with like little red part at the top or whatever. See, the the issue that I had was in getting the date. Um, I 
I just, I completely ignored that table when I walked in the room. I was like, oh, bookshelves. I bet that's important. Um, <laughs> and I just like, started clicking around the bookshelves and just didn't see the stamp or the ink or the paper <laughs> um, until until a little while later. Um, yeah, I did the bookshelf first. Yeah. So that was that was my issue with that puzzle. But, you know, I, I got it eventually. Um, so, so yeah. Hmm? You find your way to a secret elevator in the, uh, in the back of, of his room, hidden behind a bookshelf that you get from arranging books based on this, like, special pad dream passage. Mm-hmm. Which, also, what an amazing mechanism <laughs> that is. Just put the books in the right order, like, that, mm. That's great. Um... And it's hard to design an elevator that's activated by a series of five switches that are only uh, that can only be activated by like I guess the books must be slightly differently weighted because like just pushing down all five switches is not good enough. They have to be each switch has to be pushed down by the correct book. Or maybe maybe each book like has a little like RFID chip. <laughs> or something like sure. I don't know I don't know I don't know what level of tech I mean I guess this this doesn't seem like a necessarily you, super high tech if you were doing it if you were doing it in an escape room you would do it with an RFID chip yeah I bet there's an escape room that has a puzzle like that somewhere oh man I mean it's a secret passage behind a bookshelf yeah of course there is oh <laughs> uh, yep Man, that's a career that I hadn't considered, getting into room escape design. That would be super fun. I'd love to do that. Hell yeah. I've never even done a room escape, but... Me they're, they're good. They're interesting. Um, I just did one recently, actually, where we were, uh, like, trying to save a... Um, there was a professor who was trapped in a tomb in Egypt, and he had sent his artifacts to us, and we had to, like, open the sarcophagus and figure out the puzzles so that he wouldn't be... The professor wouldn't be trapped forever in this tomb. That's amazing. They had, like, they had a lot of good, like, like little props and kind of, you know, there was a video from the professor that was supposed to be, like, a live feed connecting us to him. And... Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really that's good. <laughs> like, a live feed. That, that, that reminds me of that VHS board game we talked about last time. <laughs> yeah, I did go look at that YouTube video, by the way, and it was pretty fantastic. It's, uh, it's so goofy. I love it. Um, uh, okay, so we're in the secret room, and you find, you find Morton back there, and he's talking to a machine, he's, like, arguing with the machine, and, uh, after a little bit of arguing, uh, he, he sort of spins around in the air a bit, and then he falls asleep, mysteriously, so you have to, you can't wake him up, basically, it's magic sleep, so... Uh, in within the room, there's like a diagram that sort of explains how the machine works. There's like helmets. One of them is like a send and a receive helmet. So you put the send helmet on Morton, and you put the receive helmet on yourself, and then you end up in Morton's dream. And and this is where it begins to get actually weird. <laughs> yeah, this is where I feel like the actual game starts, and in a way, this is like another tutorial level because it's like okay. Now that you've entered dreams, like, here's how dreams will work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except, I I mean, it's one of those it's, things that's, like... It's not mechanically different, but it does, like, uh, it does ex establish that, like, 
you know, the, the geography in a dream might not always be, like, reliable, because it might change if you, you know, go back the way you came. It might not take you where you expect, or... Yeah, I guess that's true. I was gonna say, like, I'm not sure how how much of a tutorial this is of the whole dreamscape in general, just because we don't... We haven't, at this point, seen anyone else's dreams, but... That's true. But, uh, so, the main puzzle here is just in, in finding Morton. He is, like, hidden from you. And it involves uh, talking to and repairing three giant stone heads. Mm-hmm. That uh, represent his ancestors. Yeah. Um, so so each of them has a different part that is broken. One of them cannot hear, one of them cannot see, and one of them cannot speak. Um, mm-hmm. And they each sort of have a little hatch in the side of their face that uh, opens up and it sort of represents, like, this is what, this is what makes an ear work. This is what makes a throat work. This is what makes an eye work. That one's a little more abstract. Um, so the been... ear isn't? The ear isn't. Uh, let's talk about the ear a bit. <laughs> yeah, we I'm can... so disappointed that they chose to do the Monkey Island route. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... On one hand, yes. But on the other hand... funny. On the other hand, that... The the reason that is is because those are the shapes of the three bones that allow you to hear on the inside of your ear. I mean, so the, so you have to put you have to first take some rocks out of the the giant head's ear, and then you have to place within the ear um, an anvil, a hammer, and a stirrup, like literally those objects. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, standing in for the parts of the ear called the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. Yeah, I'm so proud of myself that I remembered. What those were called and in what order? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I had to look it up (laughs) because I was like, I know order matter. It does. Can you just dump all three of them in? It does matter. Yeah, it's. I think it's stirrup, then anvil, then hammer. Yeah, I just happened to put them in in that order. (laughs) I think that's. Yeah, I I I couldn't remember. I was like, I know, I know the solution to this, but I can't remember like the order, so I just looked it up. Um. You don't have that many items on you at the time. Like, I think that's literally the only thing in your inventory. Besides um, the rocks, which, which besides you already the rock. know. Yeah. And the and glasses. He says, uh, yeah, and he says, so he says to you, like, oh, um, you know, something's missing from my ear. So you like, you know you have to put something in there, and that's pretty much the only thing you can use. Yeah, But no. yeah, it's pretty punny. Like, it's, because they're literally like an actual hammer and anvil um, that you, like, got from a dead blacksmith. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, it's it's dumb, but it's not like impossibly abstract. I guess. Yeah, it's I'm... not. It's dumb, but not hard to figure out. And I don't know if it's even dumb. It's like kitschy. Yeah, it's like kind of cutesy. It's hard to judge them because they can get away with everything by saying it's a dream. It's a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Dream. Abstract. <laughs> that's true. And and I, in a way, I almost like that better because like. In a dream, you know, you, that is what a hammer and anvil would look like, because that's what you associate with the words. So, like, I'm, o- I'm okay with it. It works yeah. for me. Um, uh, the, the throat guy, you have to, like, he, he has, like, a little harp-type thing made of metal pegs in his throat, and one of them's bent, and you have to, like, unbend it with the hammer and anvil. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the eye one, there's, like... It's like sort of a two-part thing where in the hatch there's a bunch of switches, so you have to weigh them down in the proper configuration that's just shaped like an eye, 
And then you have to take the lenses out of the glasses that you found before. You have to pop a lens into each eye so that it can <laughs> actually see you. Um, I'm that not one sure how the lenses change its size. Yeah. They're, they're in his... Well, I mean, you have lenses in your eye. That's how the eye works. Like, I mean, the glasses are way too small yeah. for the lenses to fit the guy. Yeah. Well, uh, the lenses of... Oh, yeah. it's made out of rock. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, abstract. It's, it's made dream. up. It's, it's a dream. dream. It's a dream, yep. In, in, in a dream, the logic of like, ah, yes, the lenses are missing from his eyes. I must put lenses in his eyes, like, kind of makes sense. That just reminds um, me of a, of a, like a, a comment that I've seen about uh, anime characters talking about putting contacts in their eyes and it's like do you draw the contact normal sized on their finger and just like <laughs> just assume that it covers the right part of their eye or do you draw them giant anime sized <laughs> contact lenses <laughs> that's a good question yeah. I had not thought of that yeah. problem man anime glasses were yeah. you the one were you the one who retweeted on twitter today that scene from the aristocats no. Uh, like a weird animation. Oh, with there's the a... hands. I saw that floating around. I don't think I retweeted yeah. it, though. There's a there's the cat, and she's, like, arranging this bow on her daughter's neck. And, like, for the part where she's arranging the bow, her paws kind of become hands, if you look at it closely, because there's no way to animate that with paws. Yeah. Like, she just kind of, just... like, she just kind of, like, grows a little thumb for a second, and then does a little flourish, and it's gone. It's yep. Amazing. <laughs> It's beautiful. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So An- animation, kind of animation cheats for days. Yeah. Um, anyway, so very, very you, similar. You put lenses in the eye of this thing, and that puzzle took me forever because it it didn't occur to me that I could inspect the glasses to take them apart. Like that. That was not that. That was a big leap for me. So. I, I, I like. Had, I, yeah. I, I sort of had stumbled onto that by accident already, um, just being like, oh, glasses, what do I do with these? Like, because I hadn't come up with any reason to use them yet, and I hadn't mm-hmm. gone back to that, that head. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that was one of those, like, I figured it out by accident. Uh, so then the next, so once you fix all the statues, then the next big part is that you have to go to them in order. <laughs> so you have to start with the, the oldest one, which is a representation of his grandfather, uh, who... uh, great-grandfather, I think, is the first one. It's the eyes guy. Right, because it's his great-grandfather, his grandfather, and his father. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, we don't actually even know who, how the oldest head is related to him because he's never heard of Felix. Yeah. So we yeah. assume great-grandfather, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically you just have to visit them all in order, and then that, that pops you over to, like, a new screen, and Felix is there... And he's arguing with a tree, and one of the tree's root tentacles sort of picks him up and starts shaking him around. So you pick up an axe, and you chop off the tentacle root, and Felix then tells you sort of the whole story, which is that for four generations, uh, his, his family has been sort of building this machine in order to try to map and explore the dreamscape, which is the collective space where every human goes when they dream. Mm-hmm. And Basically. it's contiguous. They're all, they all touch each other. 
Mm-hmm. And you, he says, I, I don't know, the coolest part of it, I thought, was that you, like, you appear in the center when you're born, and then as you age, you go out towards the edges, and then when you die, you just kind of fall off the edge. <laughs> yeah, it crumbles off the edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that, that's sort of been their family's, like, pursuit for, for generations. Um, and the machine that they built has become sentient because I guess it has organic parts. Uh, and he has been arguing with the machine about whether or not to continue the research because it's hard for them now to continue their research without being found out which was sort of alluded to when we found the note from Travis. Like, Travis was on to them uh, when he moved out, and and now, like, your wife caught on, and you and your wife, I guess, caught on when you found the camera. Um, so the machine was like, nope, fuck you, guy, uh, and and attacked him. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, you have to figure out how to shut off the machine by going into everyone's dreams, chopping off the roots of the tree, that have sort of spread throughout the tenets of the building, uh, and that's yeah. how you shut off the machine. It seems weirdly convenient to me that if, like, the the machine exists partially in dreams, that the only dreams it's managed to invade so far are the ones of the people living in that building. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, especially because they are, like, not at all contiguous in the dream world. Um, they're in, like, very different parts of the dream world. But I guess it makes sense because the machine is also located physically in that building, maybe? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 and I don't even know if that's something that they will address further <laughs> yeah, further maybe. on in the game or or if they just, if it's just something that you kind of just have to accept. I mean, the dream machine sort of puts your wife to sleep. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Um, I think I that's guess... chapter two. Yeah, the yeah, that's yeah, there, the there are a couple more puzzles. Um, so after Felix tells you all this, that he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you, and you get kicked out of the dream. And there's a puzzle involving... Um, you have to find a key, and the key is in a safe. And the combination for the safe you find by looking at, um, like, CCTV screens... Well, in... first you have to get into the surveillance room. Oh, crap, I forgot about inv- that. Which involves the, like, most... Like, I am, like, pretty positive this would not actually work a uh, solution to a palm print reader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is that you you put ink on the caretaker's palm from the ink pad and then stamp his hand on the piece of paper and then hold the piece of paper up to a palm reader. And I'm pretty sure, like, a palm scanner or a fingerprint scanner won't read a piece of paper because it's got, like, entirely the wrong contours. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably accurate. Because I, I think but, those I think those work by like the the conductivity of your hand mm-hmm. in in most cases, as far as I know. Like yeah. hitting the proper hitting I, like the proper I, points. When I realized that was the solution, I'm like, this seems like pretty uh, pretty. This seems like a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it, it, it seems like a bit of a stretch, but at least it was a pretty pretty easily solved. Like, it was pretty well telegraphed. Uh, yeah. You know, you have a palm pad, like a handprint reader, and you've still maybe got a... Maybe that is also a dream. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, maybe the, the end result of this will be, it has been a dream all along. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so you've got the, the palm reader... And you've got, you still have the ink and the paper in your inventory, and you've got 
a dead person who has the palm that corresponds to the reader. So, uh, that's true. Um, it, it's, it's a dumb solution, but at least it's an easy solution, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think if it hadn't been for the fact that they confine you to, like, literally two screens and no new inventory items there, that probably would have taken me a lot longer than it did. Yeah, but thank thank God for, for their uh, continued dedication to confining us to small spaces while we yeah. solve these puzzles. I still appreciate it. Um, yeah, and then, and then there's the, the CCTV puzzle, which I thought was cute. Yeah, I, I mean, it, again, it's not hard, but it's like it requires you to actually like go through and scan stuff and like write some things down. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's fine. I'm assuming that one was also randomly generated. Hang on, what was my code? My code was one one nine nine three six. Mine was three one nine one nine six. Okay, yeah, I just I just wanted to. I it might remember. always be threes, ones, nines, and sixes, but yeah. Um. Yeah, so then in, in one of the TVs you see your wife, the same thing happens to her where she kind of floats up into the air a couple feet and spins around and falls asleep. Uh, um, but through that puzzle you open the safe, the safe has a key, the key lets you go into the elevator, the elevator then can take you back up to your apartment where you find your wife asleep on the floor. Uh, you put the helmets on yourself and your wife, and then that's the end of the second chapter. Then so. you're on a boat. Are you on a boat? Yeah, where every, every crew member is yourself and oh. the number. Interesting. And she's like the boss of the boats. <laughs> that makes sense. That seems like a, a, a decent marriage dream. Yeah, her her early like uh, thing about a dream was uh, was that she was like on a cruise ship, right? Like yeah. when she tells you about her first dream, yeah, it was she was dream. on a cruise ship, so. Yeah, she was on a cruise ship and her water broke, and then she the uh, the caretaker kind of popped out and started mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is this is an interesting way to enter a dream," mm-hmm. <laughs> like very very uh, academic about it. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's all that we played so far for this. Now, now what? Should we talk about it some more? I, I feel like we got yeah. most of the talk out of the way. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about the visual design, because I think, like, the style is really interesting. Yeah. Um, the whole claymation thing. Uh, it's, you know, the thing is, like, I don't normally find claymation creepy. Like, I'm pretty okay with puppets and claymation overall, and yet somehow this managed to feel really creepy to me visually. Yeah, it... I mean... It really supports the like eerie feeling. It does. I I the whole time I couldn't stop thinking about like uh like Dave McKean. It's the the art style really reminds me of Dave McKean, who um he he did the um art direction for Mirror Mask. If you watch that Ooh, movie, yeah. he did a lot of That's a good movie. He did a lot of Sandman covers and he's done like uh like illustrations for children's books. Um so if, if of course he has yeah it's if, like only the creepiest I, for children and I, I remember uh, I think it was I think it was like the stinky cheese man it was a book that I had when oh I was a little god. kid oh my god and other fairly stupid tales yeah uh, and I'm pretty yeah. sure now I have to like double check that does look like his art style I'm, I'm like 90% sure 
or rather, um, it looks like the art style from this game. So. No, actually, that's a different artist. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> it does look like this art style a lot, though. Yeah. Okay. And there's that... a lot of like people whose who, like their eyes don't are like empty in a really awkward, creepy way. Yeah. Okay. So um, that artist is Lane Smith, but but very similar to Dave McKean, uh, in in a lot of ways, and very similar to this as well. So I was not super far off. Anyway, that's yeah. That's the the creepiness factor is definitely there, um, which I enjoy. I guess. I mean, yeah, I enjoy it. And I, I mean, think, I think it's fitting. Yeah, I think it's really fitting, but I sort of wish the game would explain less. I would love, like, a more surreal experience rather than, like, this is a machine that like, lets you go into dreams. Yeah, and then, I, like, the dreams, despite being weird do feel like really concrete spaces and i don't know if there's necessarily a good way around that um g given the I genre would, i would withhold judgment on that until i see all of them because yeah. I, I like it's possible the other ones are like weirder that's true because i don't it know because it would be it would probably not be a great idea to make the first one like really convoluted because then you would just get lost uh, uh, yeah that's true so it's possible that it gets weirder later, but who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. The the whole atmosphere, the claymation, and the um, and the the like music and sound effects just like just have like a really uneasy vibe the whole time. And I don't I don't know if that's like necessarily suits the like purpose of not the purpose of the narrative i guess you know it's that was a that was a, a design choice they made that was an artistic choice they made which is fine um but it it feels like it could also have been an equally good game and not been creepy i mean i keep thinking throughout these three weeks i keep thinking green fandango and i'm not sure why <laughs> but i feel like it is sort of a bit more a creepy Grim Fandango in some ways. That's interesting because Grim Fandango, it's like, it's all about like death in the afterlife and it's really not creepy at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These so two could just swap their aesthetics maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that working actually pretty easily. I mean, easily. I, guess, I guess it does serve to make the whole like you know what the what the caretaker is doing feels a lot grungier because it feels like everything feels like real and a little bit dirty and a little creepy. Yeah. Right. Um, so, because otherwise, it like it having a having a like a a camera spying in someone's bedroom in a game like Grim Fandango would probably be like played off as a joke, or or just like less creepy overall. Um, or, or else, it, you know, like, it would feel out of place in a game like that. Was there a bit in Grim Fandango where you have to yeah. deal with security cameras? I'm pretty sure there's a, at least, like, a security camera spying on you in Grim Fandango. Yeah, but not, like, not, like, on your bed, though. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember because I, I feel like there is, and, like, that's a fun parallel, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's, it's been a while since I watched that one. Yeah. 
I've been rewatching uh, mostly walking, playing the dig recently instead. Oh, the dig! Amazing, but anyway, jeez, I forgot about that one. Got but it. yeah, no, this this whole thing actually made me think of mostly walking a lot um, because it's been a while since I've had to grapple with the frustrations of an adventure game. Yeah. And this and this is really like oh yeah no I I I remember they run into this problem a lot and mostly walking and I remember the, oh yes this sort of problem. Yep. I will say though, they do a lot to mitigate these problems. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's absolutely like much better than um, some other like than other games in the genre have been and sometimes continue to be. Yeah. And I yeah. The dig. Yeah, I appreciate it. Again, I'll, I'll keep saying that I appreciate sort of the uh, the streamlining that goes into this. And I, I also appreciate that there's not too much streamlining. It's not like like Maze where they literally give you the solutions. Yeah. The, I guess, that, so then it, comes, it all comes back to the question of like, do we buy the, the remaining chapters and play more of it? Right? I mean, I already bought them. Yeah, well, you already had them. Um, but it's like, I, on the one hand, I do like kind of want to know where it's going and kind of want to keep playing it. Uh, but on the other hand, like I don't want to get stuck in those frustration moments yeah. again. Because um, I had two of them in the first two chapters, and I'd, like, I have other things to do, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if this... Because I want to, because we looked up the how long to beat, and I want to say that most of the chapters are roughly the same length, except for maybe the later ones get a little bit longer. And it's it like, looks like the last one's not even out yet, from what it seemed. Oh yeah, I mean, like the last one that is released, I guess, um, mm-hmm. isn't. Uh, yeah, it said it was like yeah. about an hour per chapter, more or less, something like that. Yeah. I want to. I want to say the 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 later ones were maybe like hour hour and a half maybe, but yeah, something like that. And it's like, are they longer because they're more frustrating, or are they longer because there's more more content? More content? <laughs> like that's that's the question. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things. I probably won't get them right now, even though they're on sale. And now's a good time to get them if you are so inclined. Uh, I probably won't right now, just because, like, we've got more games coming up that we have to play. Um, and I don't I don't feel super compelled at this exact moment to play more, but maybe in the future I'll, like, think back and be like, man, the Dream Machine, that was pretty good, I should play more. So. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of... <laughs> I, think, I will probably I think finish I'll... Chapter 3 and then see. Yeah, I might oh, look up a Let's Play of it if I can find a good one. We'll yeah, see. That's true. Because then I can skip through the parts where someone gets stuck. Yeah. Hopefully they do a good job and skip through it for you by just editing it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, well, yeah. shall we talk about our next game? Unless I... anybody has any final thoughts? Yeah, I don't have anything else to say, really. We talked about it. We talked pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Uh, okay, so our next game that we're going to be playing uh, is called Sexy Brutal, or specifically The Sexy Brutal, I think. I think, Because yeah. um, it's it's the name of a like, casino in the game, is my understanding. So I 
found this via Sean Bouchard playing it on uh, Play by Play uh, last week uh, because apparently it is one of the um, like showcased games that indicate this year. And it's basically like uh, if you just took out the like day rewind mechanic from Majora's Mask and made that a game. Uh, from from what I've seen. So the idea is that like you have some kind of special time rewind power and you are in a like a sort of CD casino where everyone is being controlled by these masks that they're wearing and like the the it's maybe it's a hotel. It's some some kind of establishment and the the people there are killing the guests and so you have to like rewind time to see when these murders are hap- happening and like save save the people from being killed and uh, and get their masks. And mm. so it looked a, it reminded me a little of Majora's Mask uh, and a little bit of uh, uh, Ghost Trick if you've played that. I love Ghost Trick. I love yeah. Ghost Trick so much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it had some it had some vibes of that a little bit too. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, someone someone in the chat actually on Play by Play referred to it as uh, Majora's Masquerade. Uh, and it feels like that a little bit. That's so, cute. Yeah. I wasn't sold until you said Ghost Trick. And that, like, that's... Man, you want to sell me on your game? <laughs> Compare it to Ghost Trick. And I will be all over it like white on rice. I'm telling you. Maybe I should play Ghost Trick. Oh, you Ghost, should. Ghost Trick is a fun, weird little game. And uh, I recommend that one, too. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. I think. I think it got like uh, an iOS port. Did it? Um. Na, 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 na. Yeah, iOS port. Yeah, DS and iOS are the only platforms currently. Okay. But I don't. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like I don't have an iPhone. I have a DS. But like, I, I could see it being reasonable that a lot of people listening might not have either. Uh, so I really want to. <laughs> I really want to play it again now. And yeah, I think so it, no, I think it would be a fun one for the podcast, but I don't I don't think we can necessarily. It's a, it's a long game. It yeah, it is pretty long actually. Um, so it's yeah in Ghost Trick, like the idea is like a scenario plays out, and you are a ghost, and you can affect objects to try and like Rube Goldberg machine a certain thing into happening. Uh, and if you fail, you just like rewind to a point where you like made a decision and make a different decision. Yeah. Um, but in so in this one, it's like there are people going around the place doing a, a predetermined set of actions, and you can like change what happens by like moving the where objects are in the room, or you know like switching switching things around while they're not there, and uh, and affecting how things play out. I like that kind of indirect uh... manipulation. Yeah, manipulation. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I, I am yeah. about that. Yeah. For sure. So I, I think it looks really cool. Uh, it is not as scandalous as the title implies. So don't worry about it, you know, being too sexy. It's a little bit, it's a little bit sexy, but it's not, like, too sexy. Darn. Um, <laughs> All games should be sexier. Well, eh, I don't yes, know if I agree with that. I agree. But... <laughs> <laughs> Unilaterally. We're, we're, sticking, we're sticking to that. Um... <laughs> So yeah, it's by uh, Tequila Works and Cavalier Games Studios. 
Uh, and it just looks it looks really cool. And uh, I, I started watching the play-by-play episode with Sean, and then I, like, peaced out because I'm like, this looks super interesting, and I kind of want to play it myself. So Nice. Yeah. I This is one of those games that I, I have heard the name thrown around multiple times you know, since it's since it's been out for the past few months, six six ish months, I guess, um, and I just never really looked into it for whatever reason. I don't know. I guess the title like the title didn't tell me enough about it to make me interested, or well, to make me interested, I guess. So I I just didn't like it. Kind of just went in one ear and out the other. Uh, I mean, I kind of got interested by the title, and then I looked at it, and then I really like like the color scheme of it and i was like i want to play this yeah well we're playing it now yep all right so that is your homework for the next two weeks listeners is check out sexy brutale uh it's like b-r-u-t-a-l-e and uh it occurs to me i wonder if it's supposed to be brutale but I have no idea. I, it's, I think Brutal, because it's, it's, it has a sort of masquerade-type sound to it. But anyway, um, try that. Play it. You've got a couple weeks. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. All right. Shall we uh, do plugs? Sure. All right. Uh, hello. I am Kelso. I am uh, at Kelso Timebomb on Twitter. Also, at KTimebombArt. I'm doing Inktober. Uh, I've been really bad about doing a drawing every day, but what I've been doing instead is two drawings every other day. So <laughs> I'm still no one needs still one to know. for one overall. I'm yeah, I'm still. I mean, I'm behind right now. Today is my like get two done day, but so far I've been doing it just kind of at my own pace, I guess. I'm not timely, but I'm dedicated. Uh, so you know, head on over there and look at look at my stuff. I guess if you wanna. Uh, You're not pressured into doing this. I know I am. Like that—that's the thing, though. I—I I like, I gotta, I gotta do that to myself. It's good for me. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's what I'm doing lately. All right. Uh, I am at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter. Um, I stream on Sunday mornings at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. We've been doing Symphony of the Night lately, and uh, it's been a ton of fun. We're in the second half of the game now, and uh, it's gotten real hard, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, pushing through. So, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter to get updates about when I'm streaming. Excellent. I'm at Skug3 on Twitter. You working on anything? Yeah. Working on anything lately? Um, that you could talk about? Kind of. Nothing that I want to talk about. No. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Yeah, at least. All right. Keep your secrets then. Yep. You secret keeper. More, more coming in the future. From yep. Carl. Yep. All right. Well, we will be back in two weeks. We will discuss the sexy brutal, uh, and we will see you then. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.